Bryce Miller handled his biggest test yet pretty well, but the Mariners' bats were more or less a no-show, and the bullpen suffered a rare blow-up. Our takeaways from the loss in Atlanta coming up here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, May 19th, 2023. This is Tidying Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners postgame show brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. When you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the game. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew, and rock with us every single day let us know in the comments below and if you want to hear from us even more please consider signing up for our patreon by scanning the qr code that's right above my head the link as well as our social accounts is also in the description of this episode six to two the final score from atlanta braves take game one of the series at one point the mariners had a two to one lead and were out hitting the braves eight to three but things changed rather quickly in the bottom halves of the seventh and the eighth five unanswered runs from atlanta and that's your ball game mariners fall to 22 and 24 on the year bryce miller tonight six and a third innings pitched Four strikeouts, one walk, four hits on nine hard-hit balls. He left this game with a one-run lead, but was on the hook for the two runs allowed to score by Trevor Gott in the bottom of the seventh. Colby, what did you think of Miller's outing tonight? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, every, every outing has to be measured against your opponent. So was he as dominant as he was against Oakland? No. Is Atlanta a lot better than Oakland? Yes. Uh, and after the first, you know, two batters, you're sitting here thinking like, well, <laughs> this is going to be a long night because we had talked about this matchup before. Miller's high spin rate fastball is great, but it's the pitch that Atlanta crushes the most. Nobody is better at hitting those high spin rate fastballs in Atlanta and the first two hitters and really the entire first inning just absolute mashed ball after mash ball after mash ball not five of the hard uh five of the nine hard hit balls came in the first inning uh what did miller do how did he like how did he counter punch he just threw more fastballs like it was it was really incredible um you know we said we sat here and we talked about hey you know he's gonna have to use the slider he's gonna have to use the curveball more against atlanta they really do hit the fastball well and bryce miller just said dude screw you I'm going to do what I do best and they have to deal with me. And that's what he did for, you know, six innings, six and six and a third and, and, uh, 102 pitches, 80 fastballs. Like that's insane. It was, uh, the, it was the only pitch he got a whiff on, um, and to Atlanta's credit, you know, he only got 11 whiffs on 80 fastballs. Uh, so yeah, Atlanta was able to put the ball in play against him. Uh, like you mentioned, only the four strikeouts. They did have some hard hit balls, but more than half of those came in the first inning. And for the next five, Miller really cruised. I think he at one point retired 18 of 19. Um, and it was just dominating with the fastball uh, is really what it was. Uh, 80 fastballs, nine sliders, eight curveballs, five changeups. Um, you know, it, it's it was 
just a really aggressive Bryce Miller. And I don't even think he had his best fastball tonight in terms of velocity. And I don't think he had his best fastball command. Uh, and he still kind of found a way to, to fight through a really good lineup. That's probably the deepest lineup you're going to see this year is this Atlanta team. Um, and you know, there's a reason why they're heavy world series favorites, but, uh, you know, he, he came out on top, uh, not record wise, but, uh, he came out of the game with a lead and, and he did everything he could to give the Mariners a, a really good shot to win this game. Uh, and again, that's despite, you know, doing it in the complete opposite way. We thought that maybe he would have to against this really good Atlanta, uh, lineup. And a tip of the cap to you, because last week on the show, you know, I had theorized that maybe he would experiment a little in that Detroit start, which he actually ended up doing, uh, throwing Mm -hmm. more breaking balls. He threw 42 um, non-fastballs in that start. I was thinking, all right, that's a little preview of what we're probably going to see in Atlanta. But as you mentioned, it was all fastball tonight. And you said on the show, uh, when I'm you know, craft theory that, no, I just want to see his best against their best. And there you go. That was the game plan tonight for Miller. And it mostly worked. Now, I want to ask you about the decision from Scott Service to both bring Miller out in the seventh inning and leave him out there to go over 100 pitches. Did you like the decision? Didn't like it? What did you think? I don't like the decision to put him back out there. He's a young guy who just, you know, 85 pitches through six. That's not bad. Uh, But he's a young guy um, who is, you know, not having his best command at the time. He's on a roll, so I understand that aspect. Uh, But what I also don't like is I also don't like the, the, the game plan as a whole, right? Like to me, if Trevor got's ready to go, you just start him in the you start him in the seventh and that's that's the route you want trevor got pitching you don't want to bring a guy like trevor got in with runners on base particularly the tying run so like to me like the the plan there was just disconnected if you're gonna put miller out there in the seventh fine you better have one of your high leverage arms coming up behind him because we know how potent this lineup is and, and you're going to need high leverage not your middle relievers so to me if you start the inning with got fine whatever but if you're going to go with miller you have to be you have to be willing to have uh, Topa up. You have to be willing to use Paul Seawald, uh, or you have to trust Matt Brash in that situation. And clearly, Scott does not. We saw that again later in the inning. He went to Topa instead of Brash when he could really use a strikeout. So i I don't I didn't love the decision to put Miller back out there, uh, and I dislike the decision even more to kind of have Topa be or uh, to be, have Gott be the next guy up no matter what. To me, once you make that decision that we're going to put Miller out there and he's either going to finish the inning or we're going to uh, have guys on base when we go to our pen, to me, if you make that decision, fine, you have to follow that up by having one of your best high-leverage relievers out there, not your middle guy. And right now, Scott doesn't feel good about his high-leverage options. That's pretty obvious because in in that situation, Brash would be in the game. Like If, if he truly trusted Matt Brash right now, Brash would be the guy you, you would call in after Miller because you need a strikeout in that situation. Doesn't trust Matt Brash. Who can blame him? It just, to me, the whole idea of Scott's seventh, like his plan in the seventh inning just made absolutely no sense. It started with sending Miller back out there, but fine. Once you make that decision, okay, make the next smart decision behind it to protect yourself, and he didn't do that either. So uh, it was just a really frustrating seventh inning uh, from Scott because I didn't, I didn't like the initial decision and then I didn't like the, the second decision that he made 
Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of a bummer because at the end of the day, JP makes a decent throw, uh, that we might be talking about a Mariners two to one grinded out win. Um, but we're not, yeah, that's, and, and now we're talking about Scott. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the point that I was about to make is that, you know, Hey, to, in all fairness, if, if JP doesn't pull Ty France off the bag there and they convert that double play, Miller may very well get through that seventh inning clean and, we might be having a very different conversation on this show right now, but he didn't. And that's the reality of things. And the Mariners lose tonight by a score of six to two. We're going to talk more about those seventh and eighth innings for the Mariners bullpen in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 Major League Baseball teams. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards win or lose you still own your cards and there's no cost to play plus the more you win the more you advance collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards so rare mlb game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle and at the end of game week so rare mlb managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards which can include so rare scarcity cards game tickets merchandise signed jerseys and VIP experiences like meeting stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you for making us your first listen after the Mariners' 6-2 to two loss to the Braves. If you're unable to watch the rest of the series on TV, you can catch the games on the SiriusXM app. That's SXM uh, on the Mariners' hometown broadcast. Colby, um, so yeah, I, I know you don't like the decision to go to Gott, Um I, for one, would have preferred to see Justin Topa in that situation. Obviously, Topa did come in in the eighth of this inning and uh, eighth of this game, rather, and didn't have a good time either. He got knocked a bit. Uh, overall, though, what, what do you make of those two innings for the Mariners' bullpen? Yeah, you know, the bullpen's held up really well uh, over the first six, almost seven weeks of the, of the regular season. Um, and it just really hasn't, held up its end the last three or four days you know it was uh gabe spire had a rough outing a few nights ago uh paul seawald had a rough outing a few nights ago we know about brash's issues right now and tonight it was it was topa's turn and those are kind of the four guys that that you know you've kind of turned into your high leverage options uh and they all kind of blown up in the last three or four days so it's a bummer that it's happened all in a row like this uh so yeah but i also think that speaks to just this simple fact that the Mariners need a high leverage arm. And right now they're missing their best one in Andres Munoz. And, you know, you can only push guys, you know, past their um, like expected roles so much before it catches up to you. Uh, at some point, you know, bullpen guys are going to struggle again. It, it's pretty unusual for, you know, all four of your like high leverage guys to all have a bad outing in the same week, but 
you know, it does, it's going to happen at some point this year. It just so happened to happen in the last few days in a row. So it's, it's a bummer. Uh, but overall, I think you still have to trust these guys for the most part. They've been really good all year. Um, but I do think they need help. And, and I don't think that means that you have to go out and, you know, go get somebody from the outside. I think you just need help from the inside. And, and one way to help that is to just DFA Chris Flexen already, who's worthless on this ball club, and go get Prolander Baroa, um, who's tearing it up in double A right now, and, and forget the whole, well, he, he hasn't gone back to back yet. So what? Your bullpen needs help. You need that leverage arm that you can put in the seventh inning who can miss bats. You need Matt Brash, but you obviously do not trust Matt Brash. So you have to go get somebody else who can do what Brash can do. That's Baroa. So to me right now, you're, you're essentially uh, a team that's built around having an eight-man bullpen, and you're choosing to have seven. Why? To save a little bit mm-hmm. of money or, or to hedge your bet against Marco Gonzalez? It, it just doesn't make sense. So, um, yeah, the, the bullpen right now, is, it's been you know, a rough couple of days, fine, whatever. Uh, I still think that they're going to bounce back, and obviously once they get Andres Munoz back, if they indeed do, that'll be a huge help because I think once Munoz is back, Munoz is probably pitching in that seventh or uh, Seawald's coming in uh, because you know you have Munoz in the back end if you need another high leverage spot. So we'll see. Right. Munoz isn't even like on a rehab stint yet, so we can't assume he's coming back anytime soon. Uh, but Burrow is right there. He's ready. He's throwing plenty of strikes in, out of the relief role. The stuff is more than good enough. Uh, and you need you need kind of a fresh arm right now. So I know you want to get him in back-to-back games. I know you want him to pitch three times in four days before you call him up. Tough break, you know? Sometimes right. things don't go your way. And the reason we know that is that Bryce Miller is getting starts right now because Robbie Ray, unfortunately, you know, suffered an elbow injury. Sometimes things don't go your way. You have to pivot. And, and to me, not having Barroa in this bullpen right now is a huge mistake, especially if you're not going to trust Matt Brash, which, again, I don't blame Scott for not doing it, but you need that guy in your bullpen. Well, and Colby, if if you don't trust Matt Brash, send him down to Tacoma, let him work on things without forcing him into high leverage situations to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's your move right there for Baroa if you don't want to DFA Chris Flexen for God knows what reason, yep. or if you don't want to you know, swap out Taylor Saucedo, which I'm not crying over if they did. Like, Sasato's been pretty good, but yeah, he's he's been fine. He's been fine. Had a little bit of a hiccup tonight, but overall been fine. You know, so I, I just still though, you know, if if you again going back to Brash though, if you don't trust him, send him down. Yeah, there, there's because really like more often than not, the only opportunities that you're going to have to put Brash into a game to allow him to figure things out at the major league level is when the game matters. You know, hopefully you're not in too many situations where you're getting blown out. You know, hopefully it's the opposite end of things there where you're blowing a team out. But still, you're more likely than not going to find yourself in those situations too often to give right. Brash those opportunities. Right. Especially so just send him down. Yeah. Well, you're, Even if it's for 10 days. Yeah. You're a team that's built to win close games, right? You're going to pitch. You're going to hopefully hit enough home runs. You're going to hopefully have one good inning. And you're going to go to your bullpen to try and close out like the, the formula the Mariners had tonight is the formula they want to play. Now they probably want to score a few more runs, but if you tell the Mariners they're getting into the bottom of the seventh up two to one, they probably feel pretty good about their odds, but you can't do that when you're a man down. And when you have Chris Flexen out there who obviously they're not going to use 
in any meaningful situation. And Matt Brash, who clearly they're not trusting right now. You're down two guys in that bullpen, uh, and there are easy fixes to make. You just go get Matt Festa and Prolander Baroa. And keeping Brash up and only using him in like low leverage spots, that's not helping anybody. It's not helping the team. It's not helping Brash because now you can't really dictate when he pitches and when he doesn't. Like you're not helping anybody right now by having Brash on this roster. You're not certainly not helping anybody by having Chris Flexen on this roster, except for I, I suppose Chris Flexen at this stage. Uh, but yeah, you know, some I know that there's like an incentive if they wait until June fifth or something like that. Maybe they can keep Flexen in the org down in AAA. Who cares? If you really are desperate to do that, there's still moves you can make. You can send down Brash. You can send down Juan Ten. There are moves you can make. You need to put Barrow in this bullpen. And sorry that it didn't work out exactly how you want. Maybe when Munoz comes back, you can send Barrow back down and let him work through some of that stuff. But you need the arm right now that can miss bats in the bullpen because that's not really Gott's game. That's not really Topa's game. That's not really Seawald's game. That's supposed to be Brash's job. And Brash can't do it right now because you can't trust him to throw enough strikes. So go get Barrow. It's 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 really that simple. You need an arm like that. And again, the bullpen concern right now, it's short term. I'm really not worried. I think Munoz will be back. I think Perot will be pretty good. Uh, I, I don't think Topa all of a sudden is terrible. I don't think Spires, it, Spires, you know, awful because they've had bad outings. And I think Brash will bounce back to some degree, but you got to help those guys do that by giving them help and allowing them to kind of slide back into roles that they're better suited for. Trevor Gott should always start with a clean inning. He should never be the the fireman. That is not who Trevor Gott is. That's not who he's ever been. Trevor Gott is is Nick Vincent. You want him starting an inning clean. You want him pitching when it's four to nothing. Like that's who you want Trevor Gott to be. You don't want Trevor Gott to be first right. and second, first and second with one out in a one run game in the seventh on the road against probably one of the what three best offenses in all of baseball. That's not an appropriate yeah. time to use Trevor Gott. Right. Even if it's at, you know, or near the bottom of their lineup, it's just not, that wasn't the call in my opinion. Not Atlanta's bottom of the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Babip gods kind of sure. shove their middle again, finger in the face of the Mariners. Once again, you know, Azuna's the, little blip single. The frustrating thing about yeah. the seventh botch double play. Well, first of all, you know, yep. Gino boots a ball, whatever that ball was crushed, took a weird hop. Didn't, mm-hmm. It was a one in a million shot. He didn't make the play. Whatever. You move on. You get the ground ball yeah, you yeah. want. And you have a shot. Yep. I'm not saying for sure would have gotten him, but it was going to be close. You had a good shot to get Rosario. JP essentially airmails one. Then it comes to the walk. And at that point, two huge mistakes. Yep. And you're just not going to beat Atlanta. Not with how you're playing right now. Not with how your offense is going right now. You're not going to beat Atlanta making two huge mistakes like that back to back. Um, and it's just a bummer because, you know, Miller gets tagged as giving up three runs. He didn't, he gave up one, he did his job. He was excellent. And he essentially gets tagged with that because you can't assume a double play. So JP doesn't get an air. That's an air on JP Crawford. And that's why yeah, that it was runs. Error, yeah. And that's why errors are BS stats. They do not tell you the full story because JP makes a good throw right there. We're probably watching a, you know, two, one or two, two game right now. in in the ninth, like, just a bummer it's a bummer uh and by the way jp also almost sent one into right field to get the force out on acuna uh so you know we've seen jp kind of get a little wild with his throws at times uh tonight he probably easily could have had two throwing errors so something to watch and and that sucks 
And that sucks too because it also stains a, a pretty good offensive night for for JP. Yeah. So I don't know, just uh, disappointing stuff overall yeah. uh, there in the in the seventh, and uh, you know just frustrating to see the uh, the Braves play add on there in the eighth. Wish my favorite baseball team could do that. That'd be cool to be a part of one of those once. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dare let's uh, let's talk. About, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the next two games coming up here on the weekend. I don't know if we're going to be doing post game shows at all on the weekend. Probably depends on if the Mariners win or not and depends on what the, the yeah, win looks like good, as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the two pitching matchups coming up and all that in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners post game show is brought to you by bird dogs. Look, I hate shopping for summer clothes. I just want to be comfortable no matter if I'm at the ballpark or back at home recording an episode of Locked On M's. Is that too much to ask? Oftentimes, though, I find myself settling for clothes that feel cheap, tight, and restricting and make me sweat in all the wrong places. Gross. I know. But let's stop pretending it doesn't happen to most of us. Thankfully, Bird Dogs has me and therefore you covered. Their wide selection of insanely comfortable shorts, joggers, sweatpants, polos, and more have me ready for any occasion this summer throws my way. I mean, who doesn't love stretchy fabric and built-in underwear? It's time to look good, feel good, and play good this summer. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Because what's even more important than staying comfortable this summer? Staying hydrated. And you can do both with Bird Dogs. Again, that's birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONMLB. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the Mariners' 6-2 loss to the Braves down in Atlanta. You can catch the rest of the series on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. So, next two games for the Mariners. They got Logan Gilbert going on the bump tomorrow. That game is on Fox Sports, not on Root Sports. So, another nationally televised uh, game for the M's. Uh, down in Atlanta, uh, we don't know who's starting for the Braves. Charlie Morton got uh, his start pushed back a day. Uh, Jared Schuster will go on the bump on Sunday for the Braves, but we still don't know who's pitching for Atlanta tomorrow. Colby, do we have any inkling as to who that might be? Who our mystery man is? No. Um, it sounds like the original plan was to do a bullpen day if the bullpen didn't get too taxed tonight, well, it didn't. So uh, my right. assumption is, is that it's going to be a bullpen day. I can see him maybe using McHugh uh, for a couple innings at the start. He has that experience, but no, we haven't heard an announcement yet on who, uh, who would be the call. Uh, so yeah, kind of a mystery. So yeah. So missing Morton is good uh, because he definitely has a repertoire that, uh, does not align very well for this Mariners offense, to put it lightly. Um, Schuster struggled uh, to start the year. Obviously, a young pitcher, uh, former first-round pick back in 2020. Uh, he's finally up with the ball club. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then tomorrow, yeah, if it's a bullpen day, I mean... Again, this is another series where the pitching matchups favor the Mariners on paper, but... Again, this is all in theory. It all really falls on the shoulders of this Mariners offense, and you know this this pitching staff though has to uh, has to show up because this Braves offense, as as we 
as we saw tonight, can do a lot of a lot of damage. So, what's your feel for the next two games, Colby? I don't feel great. Um, mm. You know, I think for me, you just got to find a way to salvage a game in the series, and you know, kind of get back to get back home and get a big four game set against Oakland, and just be a couple games under, try and win that series, and kind of rate the ship that way. Uh, but it's going to be tough, you know, pitching aside, um, you know, the, the mayor's offense still isn't, uh, producing right now. Now I actually thought they looked okay tonight. Uh, there were some encouraging signs from a few players tonight, I think is the right way to, to put hey, it. Hey, they were running a, uh, an expected batting average north of 300 for the majority of this game. It wasn't until the ninth that they fell under 300 on right. that front. So Right. I mean, you look at it, they had what a two, four, eight strikeouts tonight. It's mm-hmm. not bad. Unfortunately, no walks or one walk, one walk. only one walk. Yeah. yeah Kelnick. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, A. Eugenio, one for four, big RBI single, but oof. <laughs> his other three, at-bats not good. Strikeouts. Yeah. Three strikeouts. Yeah. Taylor Trammell, again, continues to kind of be boomer bust, but uh, Julio only had one strikeout tonight. Uh, it was in his first at bat, his last three at bats. I thought he looked pretty good. He had a big double, obviously. Um, so that was good to see. Uh, Jared Kelnick, uh, one for three, uh, with a with a was it a double. It was a double, yeah. Uh, with a double and a walk, uh, he had a couple big at bats. Uh, and how about Teoscar Hernandez? You know, just two for three tonight with a, with an RBI, uh, struck out once, but whatever he's going to strike out he's going to have ugly at bats that's part of his game and when you kind of look at where castillo or where uh teoscar is right now it's probably time to have the conversation about moving him up in the lineup back absolutely up. yeah yeah i mean over his last let's see 11 games here he's sitting 279 that's again that's not great but considering what you're getting right now from uh a eugenio suarez and what you're getting right now from jared kelnick who's been okay but you know starting to you're starting to see teams figure out how to pitch to him uh, i think it's probably time to to jump tail up uh back into at least five six somewhere in that range uh maybe maybe enough to push uh jared down uh but you know in his last his last two weeks 14 games right uh tay oscar's hitting uh 309 356 yes he's honestly I think you should swap Teo and Gino right now in the lineup. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Especially if Gino's not going to hit for power consistently right now. Yeah. Like, what's the point of it? Yeah. You you shouldn't be hitting in the top five of this lineup right now. Um, Yeah. Um, I'd like to see uh, Colton Wong get a DH day here. Like, I'm just, I'm not impressed with Taylor Trammell really at all. Um, It's, there's just a lot of non competitive at bats right now. Um, I know Pollock's been bad. I know Wong has struggled, but like they at least have a track record. So there are some some tweaks I would make to the offense. Uh, but overall, tonight I think I think it was okay. Uh, but obviously you needed to be a lot better against uh, Bryce Elder. But Elder had pretty good stuff tonight. But he did find a way to get you know seven hits off of him. He's had he a good year. Old. Yeah, but you know you did get seven hits off of him tonight. But unfortunately, you can only really get the two runs against them, that's that's not a good ratio. So, yeah. if, you know, how different this game might have been if, if Cal Raleigh's, you know, seventh inning charge would have been two feet higher 
then you know Acuna doesn't make the play, and maybe you're up four four to one, and and things are a lot different. So uh, six to two game kind of got away from them, but overall, I don't think they played that poorly tonight. I think the seventh inning really, obviously, bottom of the seventh was kind of um, just crushing, and then obviously the they put the game away in the eighth. Uh, yeah. Mariners bullpen just didn't have it tonight, but I thought they played pretty well for you know six innings. Uh, seven or six and a half innings. Um, they just couldn't finish it. And that's just where the Mariners are right now. They're not, well, aside from the last two in Boston, they're not getting blown out. And when they're losing, you can kind of trace the reasons why they lost to one or two plays that they didn't make or one or two balls that just didn't quite do what they needed to do. And uh, that's what makes it really frustrating right now. But uh, yeah, we'll see how this weekend goes. But to me, I think you need to move Teoscar up the lineup. Uh, I think you need to consider uh, Tom Murphy DHing a little bit more, Colton Wong DHing a little bit more, uh, Taylor Trammell. I don't want him in the lineup every single day. I don't trust him right now, and and I think you just kind of go from there. And you hope that Kelnick's close to making that adjustment. Again, pretty good day today, um, but you kind of want to him, get him going. Same with Julio. Pretty good day today. Uh, so, you know, Cal Raleigh just missed his second hit uh, by literal like a foot. Um, so I think you could see some of the pieces here that are starting to kind of get back into shape, but mm. yeah, it's, it's still frustrating while we wait for it to finally click, but I think you can help that process along by just move tail up to five, at least five or six sure. at the very least, get him a few more at bats. All right. Well, on that note, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners postgame show. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the Braves the next two days on the Mariners hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. And thank you again for making us your first listen after today's game. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend, and we'll see you next time. Peace.